0: Guys, it's a Monday night at 7 o'clock. You know what that means. The cold hard truth is back. out got myself, Jacob Jarrett, Connor Armstrong. We have a lot of stuff to get into. Frank Reich was just fired as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, and you're not going to believe who they brought in as their interim head coach. We have a lot of trades to discuss on the NFL trade deadline. And also, uh, Jacob and I are getting really happy about this. The Houston Astros won yet another World Series in the last five, six years, so that's great for us. But a lot of stuff to talk about all in the cold hard truth starting right now. Oh, I'm God, that's crazy. Buddy, what are you As always, guys, welcome to the Cold Hard Truth. You got myself, Jacob Jarrett, Connor Armstrong. Peyton will be joining us hopefully in a few minutes here. Boys, how are we doing? What do you guys want to talk about today? There's a lot of stuff we can touch on.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm pretty happy for my buddy Jacob. Got his jet shirt
2: rocking. That a boy.
0: Dude, that was an insane game on Sunday. You want to start with that, honestly, Jacob?
2: Start us off with that, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's been a long time. You know, never mind competing in this type of game. Uh, let alone winning it. Uh, Like I said, you know, uh, for the last however many years, about a decade, the division has been absolutely horrid for us in the last, I think they said the last four and a half years. We're about 1-13. We were going into this game. So, you know, every year the Jets kind of fare okay outside of the division, but every year they lose just about every game within the division. So to see them already early in the season have wins, well, midway through the season, uh, have a win against Buffalo and have a win against Miami um, really shows how much they've improved besides their record at six and three, which is, you know, so much better than people were expecting. But I think just to be able to play competitive games within the division, especially in a division like this, where all the teams have very fierce rivalries, you know, it's not like, you know, a lot of other divisions where there's kind of two teams and the rest, like all, we all hate each other and to be able to play with these teams is a, uh, it's huge for us, and and shows where the team is at now, which is at a much improved uh, point.
0: Yeah, what would you credit I, the Jets? I mean, like, what was the main reason how they won that game against the Bills? I'm assuming you watched the entire thing. So, what, if you had to stamp one specific thing, what would you uh, give credit for the Jets?
2: Um, I think that their uh, their front seven was absolutely incredible yesterday. I, I think that um, Josh Allen is—it's inevitable that he's going to get rushing yards, but if you notice, the only times that he had rushing yards was on plays where they had to drop back into coverage because of the fact that the Bills were running a lot of different routes on them and obviously they have a very talented offense but anytime it was stacked up in a man versus man situation the Jets big guys beat the off beat the offensive line of the Bills whether it be via sack chasing down outside of the pocket there were a bunch of huge plays Jermaine Johnson made an absolutely massive play uh, Josh Allen had the outside should have been a 20-yard gain. And Jermaine Johnson, the first year pick, uh, first round pick rather, ran him down. So I think that front seven was the biggest defense. Uh uh, sorry, the biggest um reason why they won the game. And another thing, down the stretch, James Robinson came out of absolutely nowhere. And on that drive, that touchdown drive, he ran for the first 40 yards straight. They handed it to him four times in a row. Then they switched it over to Carter. They had 65 rushing yards on one drive, which is incredible. And, you know, that's where where their strong suit is on offense. So I think they stuck to their identity, and everybody in that identity played exceptionally well.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this too, Jacob. You and I were talking about Jermaine Johnson because all the hype, and, you know, for the right reasons, of course, Like there should have been hype around Sauce Gardner, and I'll get to him in a second. But Jermaine Johnson, you and I were talking about him being a steal. It was like 23, 24. They got him towards the end of the first round. You and I were both saying that is a steal for a Jets team who wants to bolster up this front seven, and he's showing that he can really help them open up opportunities for guys like Quincy and Quinn Williams, both of them. So overall, that front seven, I agree with you, has been phenomenal. But I want to pose a question to Connor, and Jacob, you can answer this after. Sauce Gardner, Oof. I'm, I'm going to list his, his, man, his man coverage stats just really quickly. Because, and this is excluding the Bills game, because I saw this post prior to that game on Sunday. I'm gonna read these numbers out for you. So, in man coverage this season, this is per, uh, this is via Pro Football Focus. I'm sure both of you might have seen this too. Sauce Gardner, he is number one in passing yards allowed, which is 26 total in. Not, what was it? This was week ten, I believe, right? Or was it week nine? It was week ten. Week 10? Nine. It was nine. Week nine. So, in the first eight weeks of the season, we got Peyton here as well. So, he's gonna hear these stats oh. also. What's up, Peyton?
3: Hi. Can everybody hear me?
0: Yeah, we're good, bro. You got. Gotcha. We got you. Fantastic. Yeah. Which, we're, We're talking about Sauce Gardner and the Jets, so you can answer this question, honestly, too, but I'll go to Connor first. So I'll read these stats out really quick. So, Peyton, I I was talking about Sauce Gardner's stats in man coverage via Pro Football Focus. These are the stats he has right now. This is prior to the Bills game, so through eight weeks of the season, he is number one in passing yards allowed with 26 while he's in man coverage, number one in passing touchdowns allowed, which is zero through eight weeks, number one in first downs allowed, which is two through eight weeks in man coverage, Tied for first in forced incompletions, which is two, and he is number one in yards per snap allowed. Which get ready for this is point twenty six. If I, I'm going to ask the question, and I don't want to sound crazy, is he the best corner in the NFL right now? Because the numbers right there in man coverage, I don't know how you argue this. I really don't.
1: Right, Connor, now, I'll think,
0: ask you first. Yeah, right you right now, I ideas. don't.
1: I don't like remember another defensive player. In, in his first season you know, on, a, on a huge stage like New York, already making this big of an impact. And think about how the is Jets. It's
0: dominant? It's yeah. insane.
1: No, really. And just like think about the uh, um, uh, Jets' defense for a second, how, of how many new guys that they have, and they're arguably the best defense in the league right now, especially showing it after yesterday. Yeah. I mean, if the defense can play like that and Zach Wilson can play very well, he's he's not getting enough credit for how he played yesterday. He played really well. He did, yeah, after ball. a
0: bad after after a bad week last Horrendous. week.
1: Horrendous. And you know, the Jets gave up three points in the second half to arguably the uh, Super Bowl favorites. So, yeah. So, you know, if the Jets can play like that, I think I think that the sky's the limit for this team. And
0: this is this is unbelievable to watch. So you would so just to get, get your opinion. Would you say sauce is, is better than guys like Ramsey, Ale- like established guys in the NFL, would This year, sauce over all, like yes. right now. No,
3: no, yes, no yes. doubt about it. This right now, of course.
0: Yeah, because I don't know if there's a guy better than him. And the other thing, too, I'll mention, didn't they pick off Josh Allen twice yesterday, the Jets?
3: Yes. Twice, yeah. Should have been three.
0: To be be able to – I'll say this. The way the Bills finished that game against the Packers on Sunday Night Football was – it wasn't what I expected. Like, I expected the Bills to come out with the win. Don't get me wrong. But they didn't look like super dominant in the second half and the fourth quarter because the, the Packers picked Josh Allen off twice in the second half. I believe it was both in the fourth quarter. So the Bills didn't look like world beaters offensively coming into this game. And the Jets came in and just said, listen, we're, we're for real this year. Like, the Jets and the Giants are both real. They're, they're for real this year. The Jets, I mean, it's crazy to say, but I would put them above a. Decent number of teams in the AFC right at this moment. Many. Finishing off of week nine. It's crazy to think about, but Peyton, before you go, Jacob, are you going to pull for your boy? Are we seeing Darrell Revis, Revis Island 2.0? Is Sauce the best corner in the NFL right at this moment, nine weeks into the year?
2: Well, I think probably the most unbelievable thing about about him, really, is the perfect combination between physical and mental. I mean, a lot of, like, young corners – Will have one or the other right away, and you know we we we've seen a lot of freak athletes come into at the position in the last few years. Guys that were either really tall but freakishly quick, or really small but freakishly athletic. Whether either way, you know there's reasons why guys get drafted high at that position, but I haven't seen a guy with this mental stability and awareness at his age maybe ever. And the, the the most incredible thing about it all is that in the first aspect that I discussed, the physical, he's as good as any cornerback in the entire league. He's he's built yep. if you if you could he's like built in ha- a lab. if you lab. exactly. If you could if,
3: if like the football gods could have a lab and they could build a cornerback, yep. Sauce Gardner is exact the exact build. Like the the, co- the
0: combination of length, like with his how long his arms are with the perfect. speed, everything. Perfect. It's, it's, yeah, it's and a perfect combo. I
3: don't I know this is probably a stupid play to call out. But that last play of the game to Gabe Davis, I swear to God, if Sauce Gardner did not play that the way he did, Gabe Davis was 100% going in for a touchdown. It it, like it may have not looked obvious to all people, but the way he judged Davis's eyes to know that the ball was going to be right there, right at that moment. And again, the length of his arms and the length of his body in general, I mean, it's hard to find a guy that's that perfect yeah. for the position. And
0: and the crazy thing is that play you mentioned, Gabe Davis should have gotten called for offensive PI because he was, he was initiated, because people were saying that Sauce no. had, had a pass interference. I go, guys, if you watch the play, Gabe Davis initiated the contact to try to push off of him from like before, before the ball even got there, Gabe Davis was initiating that contact. So people who say, oh, he had, you know, defensive P.I., it wasn't even close because it was almost like that play when Crabtree initiated the contact against Richard Sherman. And they were saying, oh, Sherman should have been called for the P.I., not the case because Crabtree initiated it. But, Jacob, I'll let you finish what you were saying.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I was just thinking about, you know, my initial point about the front seven and how well they played um, is, yeah, the defense is just so is built in such a way where they're able to complement each other so well. Because when those defensive backs drop into coverage, which if you know, if if you saw, they had Gardner first in every stat and it's DJ Reed was top five in most stats, too. Mm -hmm. So when you have to cover, you know, teams that have really good receivers that like to sit back and protect their quarterback like the Bills and give them time. That's a perfect type of matchup for the Jets, because those cornerbacks and defensive backs are so incredibly confident. And now their front seven is better than it's been in the last decade since they had those guys in the early 2010s. So it's a perfect combination because now when the quarterback gets that extra second, they have guys to shed on the outside to make to not let an Allen-type quarterback slip out and extend the play. And if the play God forbid does get extended, you have two of the best cornerbacks in the league manning up on guys that would be extending plays. So it's just a perfect combination and it's all perfectly captained by CJ Mosley in the middle who just who just really when he had that year off, everybody forgot about him. Jet fans forgot about him. Jet fans considering giving up on him, but he's the, he's a perfect leader in the middle of that defense, and he's a stellar football player. And Mason, I love, fantastic. I love,
3: I love talking about how good the defense is. But Jacob, where's your confidence level on Zach Wilson now that this week is over? Yeah, how are you
2: feeling? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's one of those things with Zach where that's the type of football game that you would care most about him winning. You'd almost rather him win that game than a 41-38, you know, shootout with a bad team where, you know, plays are just getting extended constantly and yards are being gained. You want to see that fourth quarter four-minute offense that they ran. and That throw to Denzel Williams, dude, was unreal. Great throw. Great throw.
1: Right. That's
3: what I was going to say.
2: And the truth is the way the team works is, and this is what I was saying last week, is their run game and defense is good enough that that's the type of game that he has to be able to win for them. He's not going to have to ever throw five, six touchdowns to win games because they're going to run the ball and play great defense. He just needs to make the throws that he has to, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, So if he can do that, like, like Connor said, I I don't see why the team can't continue to win games. And one more thing before you guys go uh, the most amazing thing about being the bills at this point, mid season is that they just got rid of the hardest game of their schedule. They have three home games now against the Lions, the Texans, and the Seahawks that wow. are all incredibly winnable. And if they would win those three, even if they lost the other games against the better teams, they'd still be nine and eight. So they've put themselves in such a good spot now where they say to themselves, let's go steal one on the road, uh, wherever that may be, whether it be at one of the division. They still have to play the three division teams on the road. But if you steal one of those, then you have three easier games at home and you could end up with nine to 10 wins.
0: Definitely. I do. I know we want to keep talking about this, and it's, trust me, it's fun to talk about this Jets team. I do want to shift over to the most recent uh, firing of head coaches now in the NFL. Frank Reich is out as the Colts head coach, who arguably, besides the Las Vegas Raiders, are probably the biggest disappointment so far this season. After a 3-5-1 and one start, they fire Frank Reich. And Peyton, I know you look surprised. I'm assuming you didn't hear about this. I did not hear about that.
3: Nope, did not hear about that. So oh, breaking God. news for
0: Peyton right now. Frank Reich been fired as the head coach. Peyton, you want to take a guess who they brought in as their interim head coach? Just t- take a wild shot in the dark. We can give you 10 guesses,
1: you and, and you'll never get yeah, it.
0: Yeah, well, no, we can give you 50, and you won't get who this is. No, you, there's no shot. He's, I, I, I'll give I, you a...
3: I don't a I hint. don't. Mike Tomlin? No, no, I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't know. I don't no, know.
0: He's never had a head coaching job. Get ready for this, and then I want to get your like initial reaction. Okay. Former ESPN analyst and Colt starting center Jeff Saturday oh. is their interim head coach. <laughs> oh, give me, give no. us your reactions. Give no. Us your reactions, please. Give uh, us your reactions.
3: I don't know. I mean that I can't get much more reactive than that. I guess I laughed at the guy. I hope he does well, but Jesus, <laughs> that's brutal. Jeff Saturday, what a legend though. Great that center. Great center.
0: Yeah, he's, a, he's a legend, is, but Look, look.
3: Look, with Sam saying? with Sam Ellinger at quarterback, guys, I mean
0: it doesn't I doesn't
3: matter who the coach is. Uh, yeah, I don't care who. <laughs> they could bring in – sorry, uh, Winnie the Pooh, or I don't know. They could bring in Donald J. Trump. <sighs> they could bring in anybody. They could bring in Michael Jordan. I don't think they would win. Sam yeah. Ellinger has been god-awful. As a Patriots fan, it was personally disgusting to watch that game. I'm glad that the Patriots won. But watching Mac Jones play football, it's kind of like Rodgers. Like, it's pretty similar. You know, like really boring, can't really throw the ball ever noodle arm, run, 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 just Can we just wait
0: a little bit before we get into the slander? We're going to get to them. Let's focus on the Colts. We're going to get to them,
3: trust me. Okay. Okay. I I got nothing to say. The Colts are bad. With Jonathan Taylor out, they have no chance of winning a game. Matt Ryan, whole
0: Ellinger. Matt Ryan was bad. Matt Ryan, he was terrible when he was in. They had the, one of the worst Matt offenses better, in the NFL.
3: Yeah, but he had like a three touchdown day with like 400 yards. Like he yeah, had he's a better slight. than
0: Ellinger, obviously. But he's yeah. Good so I, wasn't I mean, with,
3: with, let, let's be honest. With Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor out, I don't care who they have. at coach, I don't care. I don't. They they can't win. They're not going to win a game. I, they honestly might go winless for the rest of the season. I would not be surprised.
0: Honestly, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a cold take, but I don't, I, I'm, I don't think it's that crazy. I'll be honest because no. again, the coaching, again, I don't know what they're doing because Connor, like I was reading articles earlier about like how, you know, I, I read this one article from Yahoo Sports written by Mike Freeman. I have it pulled up right now. And yeah. it talks about how the Colts hiring of Jeff Saturday as interim head coach is a slap in the face to black, to all like black coaches, black, like any, any. Any coaches, like offensive coordinators, DCs, anything. Any black coaches, it's kind of like a slap in the face. And I felt this way about Cliff Kingsbury, too. This Mm -hmm. is even – this guy has even less experience. At least Kingsbury coached a team. Saturday hasn't coached anybody. Dude, the freaking
1: guy – the guy's getting his makeup done on the set of Get Up, and now he's <laughs> on the sideline saying, for the yeah. goal. Like, he,
0: he, goes, he goes on first take, and, st- and when Stephen A does his Stephen no. A list, he goes, this oh. is a Stephen C list. Like, he doesn't, like, what are you, like, it's, it's on the what?
1: I'm I'm like actually curious if uh, Jim Ursay asked like Peyton Manning to be the coach and he said no. So he <laughs> just, I, just,
0: I think he just no, I think he just went through a list of Colts legends. He was oh. like, all right, Marvin Harrison, not, that's out. Peyton Manning, Wayne that's maybe, out. maybe I don't but know. know. Peyton, not, like, Peyton
3: said no, but he offered Eli, but Eli didn't want it. So oh yeah,
0: Eli didn't like, <laughs> Jacob, Jacob, what are your thoughts on this? Because I don't even know what to say anymore.
2: The Colts are like one of the most sickening. Like, <laughs> thank you. I, I, terrible. I mean oh my god dude the NFL this year are just nauseating like football teams that were supposed to be good like nauseating it's one thing like when a good a team that's supposed to be good like loses a bunch of games 27 24 31 28 but these guys flat out suck
3: they suck they're bad
2: they scored Fair, like yeah. two touchdowns in their first four games.
3: I swear yeah, to God, awesome. I think I think I think in the first half yesterday they had less than ten yards of offense or something like that. It was like it one. Was, yeah, it was like one first half.
1: Like, negative two total yards. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: And I, I think at the end of the half they had like maybe twelve or thirteen yards total. Oh, like it
1: was, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. It was. Jeff Saturday's was... gonna solve everything though. Don't worry. Yeah,
0: 100%. maybe, maybe. Hundred we percent. We'll move so. on though. Uh, Really quick, I know Jacob doesn't want to talk about it and probably honestly none of us really want to talk about it, but we have to mention it. Houston Astros win their second World Series in the last, what was it, five or six years. Jacob Jacob and Connor, I was with both of you guys at your house as they won. I was recording my TikTok. I told Jacob to put the volume on, had to record it, but you know. (laughs) And Jacob was making jokes saying, Oh yeah, people aren't gonna check ESPN. They're gonna go to Tino's TikTok to check <laughs> the winning the world. <laughs> and whatever. How's it
3: going? Yeah, That's it was a good it was one. funny.
0: It was funny, regardless though. Um, <laughs> Connor, you said the you were kind of pulling for the Astros out of the two. I mean, you know, unbiasedly obviously, what did you see in the Astros as to how they were able to get it done after being down? What was it, two to one, I think, in the series? Yeah.
1: Yeah, two to one, you know. I mean, they needed their starting pitching desperately to uh to get going and it all started with christian Javier's, you know throwing those six playing, no-hit innings um,
2: no which then
1: was then just snowballed into verlander the next night they flew home and, and got the job done after that and how about freaking Jordan alvarez too dude that guy's a monster, oh my god he's yeah, three run home run in game six to ice it for for houston and you know the bullpen obviously lights out they had two guys presley and a who didn't give up a single run in the postseason that, that, i mean I think it, that it was the Astros, and then there was everybody else in the postseason.
0: To be honest, they had they had the best pitching staff of anybody, and Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. The only three home runs he hit all were go-ahead home runs or walk-off yeah. homers. So he was a clutch hitter. But yeah, Jacob, he's raising his
2: hand. Believe it or not, actually, one of my topics that I brought for tonight's show did actually have to do with World Series, which is probably wow. a surprise considering. Oh, it's a massive surprise. My really uh, uh, my boycotting. Watch uh, no, I was just I, I was thinking to myself this morning. I was—I don't remember if it was last year or freshman year. I, I believe it was last year when we had the show at school on WQAQ, and we brought uh, we brought Ian in, and we yeah. did Max Scherzer versus Clayton Kershaw, and if one had to go into the Hall of Fame, I almost feel like maybe we weren't very smart in how we lined that up because is Justin Verlander not in the same exact conversation at them at this point now? He's and, probably and better.
0: I, and I'd I say he's a, higher.
2: Better well, than both. I mean, that's certainly not how we regarded it at the time. We were saying who's the who's the best pitcher of the generation, and yeah, Justin Verlander yeah. pitched even before both of them. So I say Verlander's
3: older, isn't he? So
2: no, but he still was his, prime, his, his prime was still the la- was still the twenty tens, and yeah, he clearly yeah. he's elongating his prime a bit longer than them. I mean, look at the way both of them pitched this year. All three of them, rather, Verlander is a surefire Cy-, Cy Young candidate, and just won three or four playoff games. Mm-hmm. And the other two had their, you know, they were in Cabo by October 9th. So uh, <laughs> they, were, they were in Cabo, not like, Cabo. That, but seriously, it's like, how do we evaluate this? And is is there a chance that he's really the true face of the generation out of the three? Connor, you Connor, you can go first. I want to pull up his uh world his playoff stats real quick. Um, well, I knew
1: that in the World Series, he he had never won a World Series game. He really struggled in the World Series, he and did. then you know Kershaw really struggled in the postseason. I mean. And then, obviously, we know which, what Scherzer did this year, but he's been pretty good in the postseason during his career. But just Verlander, you know, just his ability to take the ball in a huge spot and just dominate, you know, like just really just like whenever he feels like it. Uh, I feel like that hasn't always been Scherzer and Kershaw. Like, they always have a few rocky starts in big spots. I think that Verlander comes up huge in really like every big big start that he makes. So I would I would really have to say that, he, he, yeah, he pretty much is the pitcher of our generation.
2: I mean, it's like it's one of those things because it's like I feel like Scherzer and Kershaw have a bit more of a flair to them. And I yeah. think that definitely. And, and you know, I, I actually want to bring Peyton in on this a little bit, too, because, you know, those three guys are big enough that even as not a base, as big a baseball fan as us, you know, you obviously know about these guys. And it's like I wonder if part of the reason that we didn't include him in that conversation last year was because he's just not as fresh in the mind. Because I feel like, you know, Kershaw, you think about, you know, the big 6'6", the, six, six, the huge leg kick, the 12'6'' curveball, Scherzer yeah. with the two different colored eyes. Like, they have more aspects to them that, and, you know, the broken nose, all this crazy shit that's happened. And has yeah. kind of been a little bit more steady throughout his career. Under the radar. But, yeah, I mean, in ter- and like, I, as,
3: a, as a non-baseball fan, I hear, I heard Scherzer's name and Clayton Kershaw's name all the time hanging out with you guys the last two years. I don't think I ever heard Verlander's name mentioned one time in a conversation. And I even just not again not being I know he's pitched for longer. He's been around for longer. So being that he's older and I don't hear he's about him. He's been around.
0: Much. I'll say he's been around since 05. Sorry to cut you off, but no, you're good. Uh, it's so yeah, I yeah.
3: like I, I agree with Jacob. I think it's probably he's just a quieter guy and he flies under the radar. So we don't hear as much about him. But I don't know, Tina, you have the stats.
0: But- yeah, I pulled. So I'm. I'm gonna read that off just real quick. So his postseason stats. I'll go with like you know like the, the the main stats. Strikeouts total in the postseason. He's been in the postseason. Let me count total two, four, six. He's been in the postseason nine times throughout his career. And in in the postseason, he has 230 total strikeouts, a 1.11 WHIP. And Connor, you can explain kind of what that stats like stat yeah. really uh, alludes to. And mm-hmm. then ERA, he has a career 3.64 in the postseason, which honestly is not that bad. Pretty so, good. Connor, just to give to give context, Whip, explain that to the our audience. Yeah, Whip practice.
1: is just uh, walks and hits. Per, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, walk, walks and hits per uh, inning pitched. So he's given up about, you know, like a base runner per inning pretty much.
0: Yeah, which is not, again, that's, that's not, not terrible bad. at all. And yeah. then career, I'll bring up his career numbers total, of uh, these total numbers, same thing. He has total strikeouts almost, he's two away from 3,200 in his career, total strikeouts. I believe if I'm looking here, his whip, his career whip is .829, so it's below one. And then his career ERA is a, if I'm not mistaken, he has a, it says 220 total. I don't think that's right. I'll keep looking, but overall... I don't even need to keep looking at the stats, honestly. His stats say it all. The guy yeah, Series. He, now,
2: but, but, And now yet another championship. Now he's a-
0: that's true. He has he has more. Yeah, he's more than Scherzer and more than Kershaw. One more than yeah, then It's mean, not even should, a conversation.
3: Yeah, it's not a conversation at that point.
0: So what about what about DeGrom though? Because we never mentioned DeGrom either. Is this he fat because he I think talent wise is the best out of the four of them.
3: Yeah. Like he's isn't he's he's he the best. isn't he the, isn't he the youngest? Yeah, I he's believe. uh no, uh, he's 40 he years old though, isn't he? No, no, he's going to be 35 in, in June.
1: 33. Yeah, i am gonna oh, 30 say 35 in June for DeGrom. Okay. Yeah.
3: So, I mean, Regardless. Young, so give him time then, right? I mean, you still put Verlander ahead of him with the stats I and mean, the championship. I don't know how much
1: time you can give him because, you know, now he's a free agent. The Mets That's don't true. know if they want to commit to him long term because of his injury history. And we yeah. don't know if he wants to go south to, like, the Braves or the Texas Rangers who are up and coming. So Would uh, not be we'll
3: surprised see. if he went south, my guy, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, time, time is That's running the same out thing
0: with for, for DeGrom about... to win a chip. Same thing about Judge going West Coast. We're praying he doesn't. But I'll I'll pose this question to everybody. Whoever wants to go first, they can jump in. Do we consider the Astros a dynasty? Which again, I'm gonna fact check it, but I believe I know they've won two. I believe it's been since 2017. Yeah. So we oh, yeah, have right. five. Yeah. Or no, it's no, it's no two. two. It's, yeah,
3: Only two. Bro, they bro, they cheated. How the okay. fuck can you consider them a dynasty? They cheated.
0: All right. So I'm saying, so they're not a dynasty in your in your mind. You can get no. They cheated. You cheated. Don't they have three championships? And in- uh, it's, it's only two
1: because 17 and this year.
0: Yeah, because they lost to the National yes, okay. and, and the Braves. So
1: one of their championships they cheated or and the other true, one they right? didn't. Yeah. So how yeah. the
3: hell is that a dynasty?
0: So you don't think it's a dynasty?
3: I mean, I'm not I mean, Jacob, do you think it's a, do you think that's a dynasty? To win two championships, one of which you cheated in?
0: In five years. And you made four in five years. I don't I mean, mean, four, you really yeah. call them a dynasty. No. I don't
3: know.
1: No. Just, I mean, cheating or not, I mean, two two championships in six years isn't, you know, considered in the same, you know. Conversation years, yeah. as yeah, other f- dynasties in baseball, and you know, for you know, basketball, like the Bulls and all that stuff. I don't, I don't really think that they're a dynasty now. Four and
2: four and six years is definitely
3: dominance, yeah. but it's impressive. I, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a dynasty. You don't think so?
2: No. I don't know, man. It, it's, it's. It, I can't believe I'm. You know, Are you
3: arguing for them?
2: <laughs> I, I think it's I, not necessarily, but I, I think it's really hard because I think it's like it. It feels like every year they're the team to beat in the American league yeah. and now it's starting to feel like every year they do win the American league I I guess to make it a full-on you know title you know a headline dynasty they'd probably have to get a third but I think they've now given themselves another two years where they can do that and still reasonably say like if they won three and seven I mean that 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 has to be a dynasty it's 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 really tough. The cheating definitely puts a huge, a huge yeah. asterisk, 100. percent But it's at a point now where enough people are making an, ex, you know, enough people don't really take it into account anymore anyway, because they are, are winning now without cheating, or at least we think, as far, far as we know. know. Yeah, as far as we know. I, I, we, I'll, I'll like say this
0: me. too. The the I'll to close out this conversation before we move on to more uh, more NFL stuff. The one thing or the two things I'll say that kind of give them a little bit of boost. Is one in the years they didn't make the world series, they lost in the ALCS to the Red Sox in 2018, so they were still right there a series away from getting to the uh, World Series. And I believe Connor, correct me if I'm wrong, in 2020 when the Rays made it, were they in the ALCS against them, or was it somebody, yeah. Was it somebody uh, else? Yeah. Or no, was it the Red Sox uh-huh. maybe?
1: Yeah, I was I was thinking either the either the Astros or the Red Sox. I forget. Regardless,
0: uh-huh. the Astros have been one of the top competitors in in, in in the two years they didn't make it to the World Series. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say as well is that they've had some changing of the guards in terms of players that have been there. They've lost players along mm-hmm. the way and still been able to maintain their dominance. Correa and Springer leave. Jeremy Pena, again, probably the best young rookie. Pena could end up being better on- Correa. Pena Correa. Pena, Pena's already filled Correa's shoes, honestly, in the one yeah. year he's been there. He's done a phenomenal job of it. He's, I mean, he's basically had every first a rookie shortstop could possibly have at this point, now winning the World Series mm-hmm. MVP. And, you know, you replace Correa with Pena. You have Chaz McCormick, who made one of the biggest plays in the World Series to win Game 5. And then you Crazy. replace Springer with him in center field. Cole leaves. You get Framer Valdez and Urquidy and McCullers. Like, they've just been able to constantly... Javier. Like, Javier, they've, they've been able to maintain the dominance of this team despite losing key players. That's been the most impressive thing about that team. Those are the two things I'll say that might give them dynasty status. I wouldn't say it is yet, though because of the fact that that 2017 World Series, in my mind, is null and void. They cheated, mm-hmm. doesn't count. That's why I would say no, but I figured I'd pose the question. Can I bring up one more? One? Move on. Yeah,
1: yeah. What are you going to say? Yeah, yeah. I, just wanna, I was just sort of thinking, like, who do we think Verlander goes into the Hall of Fame with? Because, I mean, obviously he was fantastic with the Tigers, but he's won his two championships with the Astros.
0: It's got to be the Astros. I mean, like, and he's so- also, I think he's performed at the highlight of his career, more so with the Astros, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, his big-time performances and his stats, a lot of his better statistics have come while being in Houston because he was younger in Detroit, not to say he wasn't a great pitcher in Detroit by any means, but when he got to Houston, that's when I really – that's when I think Verlander really got the moniker of, like, okay, he's one of the top pitchers in baseball in the years that he was in Houston with guys like Cole and uh, Dallas Keuchel and those guys. but
3: Connor, if you think he had the choice, where do you think he would would, um, go into the Hall of Fame with if he had the choice?
1: Tough question. connor's Ooh. gone
0: connor's kind that? of cutting out
1: oh. uh, i mean he was yeah good. Uh, no he was he was just one of the most you know electric players in baseball uh you know the, the half of his career there he started to tail off a little bit and then he went to houston and he was throwing like 97 98 miles an hour he's got the two championships he's, he's about to win another cy young so i i probably agree with you i would say he's going in
0: as a uh, houston astro yeah true fair enough I, that's what i would say we got to talk about the NFL trade deadline, though, guys, because I think this was probably one of the most exciting and craziest deadlines we've seen in a while. And I'm just going to pose the idea of just, you know, there were a lot of big moves. Whoever wants to jump in, Jacob, whether it's Jacob or Peyton, you guys can go in first. What in your mind was the biggest uh, the biggest blockbuster trade of the entire deadline in terms of who, who got moved, where he went? What was the biggest move in your guys' mind? Yeah, I think
2: I think I think it would have to be. Uh, I know it's the easy answer, but I think it has to be Christian McCaffrey. Um, I think I think not only I think not only name wise, but I think as you've discussed, Tino, how much it means for their team. I think specifically with the just the style of play they have, with you know not to be repetitive, but the game manager type qualities of Jimmy Garoppolo, which is just a fact at this point. And the fact that they have a great defense, they're a ground-and-pound team. It's just the way they are. It's the way they appeared in multiple Super Bowls. Um, and McCaffrey is one of the best runners in the league. I think Robert Quinn was huge, too. Uh, I, I really do. But I, I think agree. just from a, from a singular player standpoint and a singular move standpoint, that McCaffrey would have to slightly you know, take the edge.
3: I think the only one that I can think of that rivals the McCaffrey move would be Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. I think Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins is a massive move. I also think, in terms of my favorite move, would have probably been Roquan Smith to the Ravens. I absolutely love that. That was a really
0: good good one to bring up.
3: Absolute amazing move by the Ravens to commit to this year and try to get it done. It's a tough AFC, and I highly doubt they'll make it out of it. But God damn it, Roquan Smith helps. So I love that move from the Ravens.
0: I agree. I mean, O'Connor, oh, you you can go before I give mine.
1: Yeah, for me, I would say that T.J. Hawkinson of the Vikings is huge. For
0: I them. was waiting. Love for that trade. Love that yeah, trade too. For somebody. No, I was love it, say that dude. Too.
3: Doesn't he, he? He's literally a Viking. A real... He looks so he good in the colors. The he looks perfect in a Vikings uniform. He, yeah, say. he is Connor, one. Pretty much. Exactly.
0: I, I was waiting for somebody to bring that up. You beat me to it because I was gonna listen. I, I like. It's so hard yeah. because I love, I absolutely love the McCaffrey deal. And I again, I talked about it at nauseum. The Bradley Chubb deal, to yeah. pair him on a, on a front seven already with a guy like Christian Wilkins in the middle, Ooh. their front seven in their defense Ooh. is absolutely disgusting now that they have Bradley Chubb. But I, I want to talk about the specifics of the deal with TJ Hawkinson because the, the Vikings fleeced, fleeced the Lions. It, like, they, they robbed them in mm-hmm. this deal the lions traded hawkinson along with a 2023 fourth rounder and a 2024 fifth round pick to the vikings and the vikings only gave up a 2023 second and a 2024 third so you basically got i mean listen you gave up like you got lo- like lower picks in terms of rounds back but you gave up two picks and you got two picks back along with a top 5 tight end in football
3: let's remember let's a- remember let's remember where, where the lions drafted hawkinson fourth They spent fourth overall draft capital on that guy and just gave him up for a second in 2023 and a third
0: in 2024? Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous. and, And they gave up a 2023 fourth and a 2024 fifth. Like, how do you... I don't understand what the Lions were doing. And, dude, when you pair him now, I mean, in his first game, I'll pull up his stats because in the first game they played together, he was utilized a a ton against the Commanders. I'm waiting for my phone to load. But when you pair him, I'll say this first. When you pair Hawkinson with Jay Jettas, Adam Thielen, who flies under the radar now but is still a a good red zone threat for the Vikings, as really now kind of a third option behind Hawkinson and Jay Jets, and you got Dalvin Cook in the run game, I mean – like, he, he had nine catches for 70 yards, averaging eight yards a catch for for his first game in, in a Vikings uniform. That's pretty good, if you ask me. I just, I, I'm scared of this team. I, if, if I, and he was, tar- meanwhile, he was targeted nine times, didn't drop a single pass. If I'm going up against the Vikings, who are now 7-1, and one, by the way, I feel like they're a very quiet 7-1. and one. They I feel are like nobody, nobody, ta- nobody has talked about this team. Yeah, nobody's talked about this team whatsoever. And they've... Completely put the NFC North out of reach for anybody else, which is deeply painful to say that the Packers have no chance at winning this because they don't. They've lost five in a row. Dude, the, the NFC, the whole, not... NF-
3: the, whole, the whole NFC has been terrible. Besides the Niners and the Vikings, I can't think and of – the
0: Seahawks, six and three. Yeah, Seattle, yeah. Seahawks. The Eagles. Yeah, yeah the Seah- <laughs> What? The
3: Eagles, Eagles right Cowboys. No. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm bugging. Yeah. Oops.
0: No, the Eagles, Eagles are right <laughs> now. Cowboys – I was like, fuck. The, No, yeah, the Eagles are at 8-0, but, dude, Seattle's been really... Can we talk about the Seahawks for a second? Because, again, I said... I recently saw a video on TikTok of this guy making a hype video for the Seattle Seahawks, and he put in a clip of my video where I said the Seattle Seahawks are going to be the first team since the Lions to go 0-17. I said this team was going to go 0-17. They're 6-3, winning the NFC West with with the defending Super Bowl champions in that same division. How in the world is Geno Smith doing this? So, can somebody answer, like, answer that? Because I don't understand it. I don't get it.
3: I mean, they got a really good run game. Kenneth Walker's been running like a madman. Their, de- their defense is overperforming in every sense of the word. I mean, Tyreek Woolen has been dominant on the outside of the as a corner. Looking great. Um, I don't know. I think Geno's got a massive chip on his shoulder. I think he's pissed off, and I think he's proving something. And I think... There's nothing better than a player with something to prove. I think Tom Brady showed him that, in every year that he was great, he came in with something to prove. And I think Gino really wanted to prove to all those GMs and owners that didn't give him a shot that he still got it. And his completion percentage shows that. He's playing absolutely lights out. He's keeping his team in games. He's not throwing picks. I mean, what else can you say? He's playing absolutely outstanding.
0: I mean, before I list off his stats, I mean, we'll go back to the Bronco game. But listen, they wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. I ain't right back. Like, that that quote says it all. But on the year right now, if we look at where he's ranked in terms of stats, he is sixth in the league in passing yards with, I mean, he's at 2,199. I'm going to give him 2,200. He's sixth in the league with 2,200 passing yards. He's tied for fourth with 15 touchdowns, tied for ninth with only four interceptions, and he has the fourth best QBR at 68.1. That is a a quarterback who is winning games, playing at an elite level. He's playing at, like, I'll say for his, for the standards of Geno, he's playing out of his mind. Jacob, I, like, w- what do you think about Seattle in terms of how they're playing and how Geno is
2: performing specifically? It's funny. I was actually, I was just taking a look at, because I, I didn't really look at all at uh, Seattle and what they did. But um, I, I I think that it's like, it's really a matter of with Seattle. I think it's like like you kind of mentioned, you know, with that Gino quote and the mentality of it all is I think they're just genuinely a better football team than everyone thought they were. And I think they really like that. I, I They're definitely overperforming a bit to be over 500. But yeah. like I told you in the beginning of the year when you said they were going to go on with 17, I was like, this team could, you know, win maybe five, six, seven games, which we win more, But. You know, I think they're a decent football team that's slightly overperforming. And like I said, the type of guys they have, like a Gino and a Lockett, are the type of guys that just want to shove it back in your face because all they've done throughout their careers has really been doubted. I think there isn't, you know, a receiver in this league that's been more disrespected than Tyler Lockett, personally. Honestly, that, I, yeah, I was truth. even scrolling so through on, on, a, on TikTok the other day and these guys were saying these outrageous things about Tyler Lockett and 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 comparing other receivers to him and saying that you know he wasn't better than them but he's been good for a long time and you know they they have a good spread of players and of course one of the best home crowds too which will only play to their advantage as the season goes on because what NFC team wants to go play in Seattle right now not nobody nobody, nobody. and they
0: they're on a four game win streak right now too and Connor they beat your giants i mean i mean pretty handedly 27, yep. 13, and in a game that wasn't didn't have a lot of offense, but the better uh, honestly, the better quarterback won. And like, uh, because if we're being honest, geno has been before. Uh, Daniel Jones has yeah. been phenomenal, but Geno Smith has been a better quarterback. Honestly, in my initial top ten quarterback rankings I did on my other show, I said Gino was ninth, below Brady and Rogers. He's better than Rogers at this point this year. I'm sorry, I'll say 100%, it right now. Hundred percent. As no, but I'll say it as the Packer fan. Like you, I, you guys it. all know. Something, something,
3: Tino. Something is wrong with Aaron Rodgers.
0: Oh uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna talk about him next.
2: Something is wrong. There there has to be. But
0: it is gut wrenching for me to say that Geno fucking Smith (laughs) is better than Aaron Rodgers. But he is. (laughs)
3: Justin, Justin, Justin Fields this year might be. Justin Fields Fields looks sick, dude. Would you? uh, Can I ask a question? Rest of yeah, Jacob. Shout out to Justin Fields pick, by the way. Oh,
0: yeah, he, dude. Rest, he all right, all right.
3: Rest, rest, rest of season Make me really happy. Rest of season, who do we think performs better, Geno Smith or Justin Fields?
0: You're passing, it's Geno all day, but he's not as much Gino, overall.
3: Overall, I don't, I, passing is definitely Geno, but overall, overall, yeah, it has Gino. to be Fields. I'll take, I'll take Fields Gino. as well. I'll take Fields. Jacob, I'm taking Geno. Break the tie.
1: That's true. Uh, he's got a that, 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 that boy time. fields looks good, dude. For show,
3: for show. For <laughs> show. Roll Fields, baby. Yo, he's got Detroit next week. He's definitely gonna keep it going. Come on now. Dude, dude last last look week good.
0: he ran for hundred and seventy eight yards on field. He had the long the he, he had, he
3: had the, I think that's the, that's the most rushing guard. That's the most rushing yards in the odd. Super Bowl yeah, ever. He, and, he sure. and he
0: passed well. He had 123 passing yards and three touchdowns. The guy dude, he was it Moon did he hit Mooney in the back of the end zone with that? Who was it? No. I think no. I think it was. It was. Uh, it, was Kemet. Mooney or Kemet. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Dude, there was, was another
3: Kemet. one though. I think he hit. I think he hit Mooney in the back of the end zone. It was a beautiful yeah. throw. But uh, yeah, I love me but, some yeah. Justin Fields this year. But they shout out Ohio was State. Now, too. Yeah, yeah, with Claypool there too, it's a big deal because you have that outside we didn't mention guy. him, Yeah,
0: too. He never. Claypool, that yeah.
3: that's a good move too.
0: Yeah.
3: O- honestly, with Claypool there, he might have a chance to get the ball outside more, and maybe his passing yards does go up because realistically, if you look at the receivers there, you have. Darnell Mooney, tiny. Pettis, not good. Cole Komet hasn't been good besides last week. I mean, yep. you had no tall jump ball guys. Claypool is about as good of a tall jump ball receiver as there is in the league. I mean, he's not great, but he's good outside. So,
0: Yeah, we'll go to my pack or the Packers now, though, just because oh, okay. they, 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 they have to be talked about. And it's going to be a depressing <laughs> conversation for me, at least. I'll go first, as always. We're bring and the rest minute, of you. Tino. The yeah. rest of you, yeah. Way to bring. Now, how about Rogers? Way to bring it down. What are you blaming me for? It's the Packers doing this shit, bro. More me. like
3: his shoulder bringing down weight. Listen, it's,
0: Connor, it's not me bringing it down. Trust me, it is the Packers, but <laughs> they have to be discussed because, because of how Lafleur. Bad been. LaFleur. So they have they have to be discussed because of how bad they've been. Yeah, Matt Lafleur, really, because start to start off in the press conference, Rogers had said about the offense, we need to simplify things. Matt LaFleur's response to this goes, I don't know what that means. You're, <laughs> what do you mean I don't know what that means? You're, th- that's that's not what I want to oh, hear God. from a goddamn head coach of a football team, an NFL team, going, Rogers wants the to simplify things. Oh, wait. Right 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 right
3: right. Any any uh, news on Mr. Jones, Aaron Jones? Heard he's, uh, he's in gonna, a walk-in. So,
0: Oh, here's here's the news on all the injuries. So Aaron Jones <laughs> is going to be fine. He's expected to play. Uh, Romeo Dobbs out for four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Oh, Knew it. And Rashawn Gary is done for the year with a torn ACL. It, ACL. <laughs> Bye. Yep. So just keep Can't keep shoving it. the wound. Keep just screwed. Sh- keep shoving salt in the wound more at this point. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say anymore. But to get to the Rogers' performance, as you know, when Lil Wayne tweets that you should that that you should have been gone before the year, if the season's over. When 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 the, when the when the Green Bay Packers ambassador, the man who created the song Green and Yellow. My one of my favorite songs, the man <laughs> like the, the, the man who embodies what it means to be a cheesehead, He doesn't
1: lie,
0: Wheezy. When he says <laughs> that 12 should have been out the door before the year, you're fucked. there's, there's nothing to say anymore, you're done. It's all over. And he threw to, to give to give like just background, stop it. Rogers threw four interceptions last year, he threw three. In this game against the damn Detroit Lions, two of them in the red zone, two of them to the same damn player, Kirby Jones. I've never heard of the fucker. Who is that? <laughs> I don't know who that is. I do not I'll be honest. Listen, I, I know a lot of players, I study a lot. I have I did not know who the hell Kirby Jones was. I had no clue. <laughs> I thought I, I thought it was Kirby from uh, You're never uh him, on deck. Mm-hmm. Oh I'll never get no, definitely <laughs> not. Remember Sweet Life in Deck Kirby, the the big uh, the the big uh, security guard on the, on yes. the ship? That's yes, who I thought I, of yes, when I, I heard when I heard Kirby Jones. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? So Rodgers throws two red zone picks. I, like I just I I don't know I don't know anymore I don't know. Like you think I, he mis- I, you think he misses Devontae a little bit? I think I think Devonte misses him because the the Raiders are the biggest. The, the funny thing is Devontae leaving. The Raiders are the biggest disappointment in football this year, and it's not even close. They are the biggest disappointment in the NFL. The Colts are, so, the Colts yeah. and the Broncos are on their tail. No, but the Raiders do odd. Uh, but the Raiders. The Raiders the yes, one yes, yes, I agree. Because they're more they're more talented. The yes. Raiders, so Devontae goes to the Raiders, they're now I believe, what, like two and seven, I think, because they are not have bye week weekend. They're two and two seven. seven. And the Packers yeah. are three and six. If Devontae would have just sucked <laughs> it up, right? That's
3: so funny, isn't it? Though the, the TV goes to his two and seven, and Rogers is three and six. You think they text at night about old days? About I think, <laughs> old days last year. Yeah, they think they text like, "Oh, that was feels like so long ago." We were over five hundred.
0: I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they do. But to, to give context, Rogers has the twenty seventh best uh. QBR in football. He has a thirty six point three QBR. He's you know, right. What's, what's, 20... what's
3: wrong with him medically?
0: I don't, like, dude, I don't you know. Think it's shoulder? I, 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 listen, I don't want to put all the onus on the fact that, they, that Devontae Adams left, but there has to be, and I'm putting the blame, I'm putting most the majority of the blame on him and Matt LaFlorne. The blame is on those two. But the young, to have a receiving core like he does, that has been already wasn't good to begin with. Christian Watson is, hasn't been in the lineup really at all. Offensive Comet, rookie of the year. Shut up. Okay. I listen. Randall Cobb, he, he's currently out, has been out for multiple games. Now Dobbs, they're arguably their best receiver, has been out, is gonna be out for six weeks. Sammy Watkins was out for like the receiving core was already dog shit. And then everybody gets everybody keeps getting hurt. So now there's even less of a receiving core to speak of. So it's a combination of maybe he's a little bit injured. He doesn't have a good receiving core. And honestly, maybe we're seeing between him and both Tom Brady. We're seeing the, the 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 beginning of the end, and, and we're seeing the two of them finally. We're we're seeing a changing of the guards. We're seeing them finally starting to transition out of being the top players in the NFL because both of them are not close to top five. They're towards the bottom of the list of top ten if they're even there right now.
3: Watch out for Tommy Boy. You better watch out.
0: I'm all listen. All I'm saying is both of the, both of these that teams are below five hundred. Huge. Uh, it was that was huge, a, that huge was big. a
3: huge win for the Bucks. It was. It was massive, and, and it, it was a fact, terrible it, game. It,
0: Terrible and game. the fact that Brady led them to the win, it was bigger. The fact that he got them the victory, that was the big thing. But, yeah, you I'll let you guys just ramp and harp on him. But, you know, Jacob, I'll let you go first just because I'm curious what you think about why they're performing, like why he specifically is not playing well. But I'm just sick of talking about him. I've, I've given up hope on the season. They're, they're, they're done. Utterly done.
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, it, I I can't say I'm not surprised. What? You know, I mean, <laughs> what? Meaning from the beginning of the year, you know, from – <laughs> i had him going to the
3: super bowl you gotta be kidding
2: me guys oh my god you
0: did i i totally to forgot super about that
2: bowl. i also had tom brady as the mvp so oh God. well Jesus. no i mean i was being i was being sarcastic because i thought they <laughs> were gonna do well too. yeah he said the same thing we all i think we all had the packers and the bills dude uh, yeah
3: it was pretty close I, i'm pretty sure it was like three out of the four of us had packers Bills. probably not connor oh no you
1: not i think connor maybe even did no, wow, I had a Tampa it? Bay. I had Tampa
0: Bay in the Bills. Hey. I had the Rams again. How do you think I <laughs> you think yeah. the Rams? <laughs> we, we all picked pretty bad there? Um, Yo, look at Matt St-
3: look at Matt Stafford throwing to Allen Robinson though. Makes that 50
0: million, much more worth it, you know. Peyton, they were I think Stafford and McVeigh like had a brain, they remembered he's on the roster. Yeah, they remembered yeah, they he, he played for them.
3: All right. Can I be Cooper Cup is the best in the league. It's not yes. even fucking no, it's it, not, it, bro. it honestly pisses like I don't know if anybody can agree with me on this. It pisses me off how much we talk about Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams. And nobody ever puts him in that like like if you talk to receivers or DBs, they're always like, Well, Adams and Debo and <laughs> The I'm like, come on, bro! Like nobody respects cup. This guy reads coverage, like, like a, like a coach. Like it's like he just knows where the pocket is every time. Every time he they throw the, the ball downfield, I don't, I like, I seriously, I think he might be the best, like football IQ, not like physical ability and physical talent, but football IQ and football mind. He might the be decent. These smartest, wide res- one of the smartest players I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's unbelievable how through injury, through double coverage, through zone, through man, like anything you throw at him, he figures it out. And it's you just see, you hear unbelievable. Tell me, please. I love the year. This it.
0: year, so he's, f- he's second in the NFL in catches. He's been targeted 93 times. He has 72 catches. He is fourth in the league in yards with 813. And he's tied for fourth with six touchdowns. And, so, yeah, he's I- I'm sure that in terms of guys that are up there with him, it's probably players like Jefferson and maybe a Devontae. like in terms of touchdowns, at least because Devontae has had two. I think uh, it's
3: I uh, think Tyre. I think Tyreek's one in yards. And then I think it's oh, yeah, Tyreek's definitely up there because Tyreek Tyrese- Tyreek Gard- has a thousand through nine games, which is the yeah. most yards through the first yes. nine games that of any receiver ever. So that's yeah, absolutely he's, insane.
0: He's, he's been even he's been gangbusters in Miami.
3: But again, sorry, I had to bring up Cup, but like, God damn it. Put some respect on that guy's name. He's a normal like, just a regular dude, nothing special about him athletically, and he just yeah. balls. So put some respect on Cooper Cup's name,
0: please. Hey, the, for the three of you, I want to give you guys a chance to touch on some hockey. I mean, I can pose a few topics. Yeah. Well, I don't think you need that. I, there's just things I'm curious about. Pose. Peyton, pose. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to get some explanations on things because obviously I'm not a hockey uh, savant like the three of you are. So the Golden Knights having 22 points, the most points in the league right now. Oh, God how- damn. Are they going to be able to keep this up? You guys think at eleven and two so far in thirteen games? No, Jack Eichel keeps playing the way he is, dude. I mean, no, nah, Jack he's Eichel's balling though. So
3: Don't yeah. forget that... though, they 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 have Bruce Cassidy at the helm, and that guy is yes, a chicken, do. absolute yes. chicken, dried prune grape. I hate that guy. But yes, the Golden Knights <laughs> are very good. They have good goaltending. They have really good defense, and they're deep down the middle. So it like Eichel's performance has been kind of carrying them along with Mark Stone. Their power play has been very good, but they do have the depth and they do have the line configuration where they might be able to stick around for a while, but they're not going to be close to the top of the table by the end of the season. No, not in my opinion, at least
2: Jacob, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think they have a pretty good balance of everything in terms of where their team is at, especially compared to, you know, last year. Um, I think Eichel is a great piece for them, but I can't see them really at least staying within the top two teams uh, in their conference. I think they're a surefire to make the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I, I you know I guess that's pretty easy to say um, with the start they've had, but I don't think they're going to be necessarily one of the top very you know couple teams in the league. I, I I could see them more as like a four or five seed in that Western Conference. They're, I think all said and done,
3: they're going to do well yeah. in the Pacific in their division because the only. The Kraken are, are not going to be around. They're second. I don't know how the hell the Kraken are second. The Kings are third. I like the Golden Knights more than the Kings. The Oilers and the Flames at four and five are two teams that I could see jumping the Golden Knights, but it's not certain. So they might do well in the Pacific, but in the West in general, I don't think they're near the top. I take the Stars. I take the Jets. I take the Avs. I take the Wild. I even take the Predators. Who I take are... the
1: Wild, too. The Wild are sneaky.
3: Yeah, and these are fifth and sixth in the Central, so – for their division, they're doing very well, but the Pacific has been weak and the Oilers have looked bad. I see that turning around, so again, I really don't think it's sustainable. But kudos to them for being eleven and two right now. I mean, they look good for now.
0: So another another thing I'll pose in that same division are the Oilers a goal? Because I mean, they're starting off seven and five. Are they a goalie away from being one of the top contenders in hockey?
3: No, probably. Uh, I mean, not no, Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I'm, how I can don't. you say that without, mean, without, without with McDavid, though? You have to. No, if they, I mean, we've been having said, this conversation
1: the, for years
3: about McDavid the, well, and had, if, being
1: the only guys there. If the Oilers had and you don't think they'd be close to the top? I mean, they, they, they would be at the top, but I mean, will, will it be you know sustainable in the playoffs is the question for them.
3: Yeah, and I don't think surefire. Honestly, Tino, the problem with the Oilers is their back end. I don't think I think Bouchard is heavily overrated. Yeah. I love Dar, I love Darnell Nurse, but he's been yeah. underperforming. Tyson Berry is old and slow, and he might as well be playing forward because he, he literally can't play defense. <laughs> um, and I Jack Campbell in net. Am I right? Is that their is that their starter?
0: Thanks. Yeah, from what I checked, okay. I believe so. And,
3: and, Ca- and Campbell Campbell was in the minors three four years ago, two years ago. So yeah. I I have no faith in them this year. A goalie away from being surefire contenders, probably not. But if they got a defenseman and they drafted well, the next four to five years, maybe. But it, it's hard to say that they're not going to be a contender with McDavid and Drysaddle. But Connor's right; they don't have any depth. Besides Hyman, I could. I mean, Yamamoto's Zero. decent, but they have no depth down the middle, and that's their biggest issue. They're so top-heavy, and their defense is weak, and their goalies weak. So a go- a goalie would put them in contention, but it wouldn't make them surefire, in my opinion, at least.
0: Jacob, I'll, I'll pose this one to you first. In terms of the Devils being nine and three right now, top of the Metropolitan Division. Are respect. they a team that you could see maintaining that? As you know, Again, they're, they're one of the younger teams coming in. They weren't in the playoffs last year. They've started off the year hot. One of the, I believe, in terms of the league right now, I'll check where they rank. I, because, yeah, they're top three in the league right now behind the Golden Knights and the Bruins. So what are your thoughts on the Devils so far, being ahead of the Rags and the Islanders and the Hurricanes?
2: Well, first off, let's just say how stupid, uh, you know, me and a lot of friends were for being all excited about Capo Caco compared to Jack Hughes. I mean, what a sick... <laughs> joke I mean <laughs> terrible you know, terrible terrible joke it's a it's sickening really because in it hockey is. you know there's really only a couple you know few, a few select few guys every year you know that the common you know person would really know from the draft it's not like in the NBA where like you know you know second rounders so to have those two guys now to see Jack Hughes pan out to be the star that he is and Light years ahead of Caco. Yeah, I but I, I don't know about that.
3: I don't know about that. I think New York has honestly done Caco a disservice and hasn't really helped his development at all. That kid that, works. That's his, true. That's that true. kid. Yeah. That kid works his balls off. Every game yeah. I watch Kako play, he gets deep, he digs for pucks, and he actually tries to forecheck. Don't get me wrong, his Jack
2: Hughes is just so bad. He never yeah. does the right he never makes the right decision No, puck, he can he can
3: I I talk, I look at Capo as a jitterbug. When he's moving in space, he's great, but as soon as things get cluttered, he doesn't have enough room to mm-hmm. operate and his mind just doesn't yeah. it doesn't process the game as fast. Jack Hughes has been a a prodigy since he was 14, 15 years old. So there's no I can't believe you put him in the same conversation to be honest. But again, well, I top
2: two picks. I mean, yeah, one, uh, well, one was I, I a th- professional player, look, look at one the, had only played in college.
3: So look at the kid Montreal just drafted. I can't even remember his name. They drafted him first overall, the huge kid. He, yeah. his hockey IQ is low. He doesn't have much stick handling. He's not the best skater, but he's big and he works hard. If they develop him correctly, he could turn into a, a first line guy. If he can manage moving the puck around with some really skilled players with Kako, if you actually got him more minutes and you tried to integrate him with somebody besides Philip Hedel and Alexis Lafreniere, you might have a chance at a decent side piece. I'm not saying he's going to make guys around him better, and I'm not saying he's the main contributor of a line, but you have to kind of move him around and get him some minutes and play him with some more offensively gifted guys rather than stick him on the third line with Hedel and Kako and just let him yeah. dump and chase the whole game. That's what
1: he's. That's what he's been trained to do, let Connor go.
0: You know, yeah, Joe, I, mean, I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask but, about, oh yeah, Connor, you go, Connor, you go. No, Kanda, you
1: go. I was just saying, I don't, I don't know if you're going to get uh, more into the Rangers, but the one problem I have with Gerard Gallant since he's been here, he changes the lines up mid game for literally no reason. Like if Jimmy yep. VZ, Chris Kreider and Ryan Carpenter on the same line in a game, last night, it just made zero sense to me just because they weren't generating anything. I mean, if you want your team to get gelled in the early part of the season, don't you think that you should establish, you know, like which lines they're gonna be in throughout the entire season, instead of mixing and matching every single game. I just, I just and, don't
3: really. And if you're way. gonna, if you're gonna have a variation, make it between one to two guys. Like yeah, the not, the Bruins the do. The, the Bruins do. They'll shift Pasternak down to the, or they'll shift Pasternak up to the first line and shift the Brust down to the second line. Yeah. But it's a one for one shift, and they're used to doing it. It's not like he's jumping first to third, and then some games he's going to the second, and then some which like is, that's which is what you know. Yes, which is doing back word in terms of chemistry between players i completely agree yeah. but you know
0: yeah jacob i want to just get like the about the before i go to my final yeah, question i'm sorry you... i got a little side no, no you're good no the so the devils in terms of how they're playing right now is it sustainable like how they're better than these teams right now yeah, think? I,
2: I think and, and the point that i was going to eventually tie around is i think these young players are panning out uh really well for him i mean i i can't see them contending yet they but might. I, I can't see them being full-on contenders I can see them. I think by the time that, you know, March and April comes around, I think they're competing for a playoff spot, Yeah. Uh, but I'm not completely sold that they're going to contend yet in this conference only You're right. because of the inexperience that they have compared to teams like Boston Rangers. Um, You know other big Carolina teams like Islanders that. A- Bro, yeah, even Islanders. in their
3: di- even in just their division I would take the Hurricanes to get by them obviously I take the Rags I take the Capitals and the Penguins to all finish above the Devils at the end of yeah. the season honestly and it, it might like the the Penguins and the Capitals are close like they'll probably be right in the hunt with the Pens and the Caps but right. the Rangers and the Hurricanes should beat the Devils surefire by quite a bit the big thing with the Devils is Wedgwood has been playing outstanding. Severson has turned into a solid, solid defenseman. Dougie Hamilton's always been good, and he's playing lights yeah. out, as well as Jesper Bratt, who I think he's is only sick, 20. He's sick, dude. Jesper Bratt, I think, awesome. he, I think he's fifth in the league in points, and he's 24, and I don't think he's ever 12-game had 12-game point streak, I think he has. Yeah, 12 he's game playing
1: 12 in a row.
3: Yep, so I, I, it's really Bratt Hughes. One, Brett making a huge step up. Two, Jack Hughes becoming the number one overall pick that we all thought he yeah. was. And three, their defense is just sound and they just play a solid game all the way through. So it, it's going to be hard for teams to, to knock them off. But I again, I take the Hurricanes and I take the Rags to get over them in their division.
0: Final question. We got to wrap it up real quick. Make these answers kind of quick. The defending Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche, off to kind of a relatively slow start, only 13 points, six wins, four losses, one overtime loss. Peyton, what are we saying about this team right now? A slow start is it a little bit of a uh, Stanley Cup hangover? What do you think about this team?
3: Slight Stanley Cup hangover. They'll be right back in the in the, in the chase halfway through oh. this. Give me three or three or four weeks. They'll probably be top of the table. They're Connor, still that agree- good. Sorry, Connor, I really agree with that?
2: With yeah, completely agree. Yeah, completely. Jacob, what about you? It's hard not to. I mean, there's no real reason to believe that that this team that won a Stanley Cup last year and with all the things that all of us, especially Peyton, say about goaltenders. Uh, to do it with not stellar goaltending whatsoever, there's no reason to really believe that there'd be any difference because that's the only change that their team made was at that position. And if they were able to, you know, it, it almost didn't matter for that group because
3: Nazam Kadri as a third line center was probably the biggest mismatch in the league, missing that kind right. of hurts. But I agree.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yes. Yes. That's true. I, I slipped my mind. But either way, I, I agree. month or two, they'll be back.
0: Okay. It's a good way to end the show off. All I'll say is Rags are going to be the best team in the Metropolitan. Just oh, don't we have
2: time. to give our Monday night picks? Oh, we do. That, thank you for oh, reminding us. Yes.
0: Ravens, we got Ravens Saints tipping off at about what 20, yeah, I'd say 25-30 minutes. <laughs> Quick one team answer. Peyton Ravens Saints go. Ravens. Connor. Ravens. Jacob. Duvernay for the fantasy. <laughs> hey, Isaiah <laughs> like
2: Lakely. Isaiah Likely
0: for the fantasy. I need Lamar Jackson to go for fantasy as well as Justin Tucker. Bro, you
2: were in a, like six
0: touchdowns, bro. Honestly, Jacob, listen, you and me were together on this. I need Lamar to go off and Justin Tucker as well. Give me those uh PATs. No,
2: not Tucker. PATs. We need PATs. No. Field I, dropped, I dropped 140 and
3: I still got Lamar and Likely to go. So I
0: right, so see you're me set. in the playoffs. I, I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah, Joe Mixon. Hey, yeah. Hope, I, I think Ravens are going to win as well. I hope they do because that means Lamar will hopefully have an insane game. Dude, Joe Mixon went off, by the way. Insane game for him without Jamar Chase. Thank anyway, you, Joe. That's going to finish it off, guys. We had a jam-packed show today, a really exciting episode with so much stuff going on. Sports is at an all-time high right now. College basketball came back today. Duke is actually in the midst of their 7 o'clock start right now, their debut. Let's go Blue Devils, baby. But Hello. we have a lot of sports going Roll on. Roll turf. Yeah, ba- oh, yeah, listen, baseball ended. A lot of exciting stuff going forward. Thank you guys for watching this episode of the Cold Hard Truth. Myself, Peyton, myself, Peyton, Connor, Jacob, all our social media is down below in the description. Follow the Cold Hard Truth Twitter and Instagram accounts down below in the description as well. Thank you guys for watching another great episode of the Cold Hard Truth. And we'll see you guys next time.
2: Thank you. Thank you.